0: Hey, how's it going? This is the uh, Free the Sour Stone podcast. Um, my name's Eli. I uh, give this whole thing a shot. First time by myself. I've done a few podcasts with uh, a few other friends of mine. Um, you know, just kind of experimenting. figure we all have a lot of free time on our hands now that uh, coronavirus is picking up and everyone has to stay home. Uh, so, figured I'd give this a shot. Why not? Saw a couple different softwares that uh seemed really compelling, seemed really interesting, but uh kind of set it on this uh anchor app seemed the easiest just to kind of like immediate record and just go for it. So one of the better way. Um, I've always kind of been to this whole podcast thing, not necessarily myself doing it, just listening to podcasts. Big fan of uh you know, fight it in a kid, blow the bell uh Joe Rogan podcast, things like that. You know, usually listen to them quite a lot. They talk about MMA and just politics and everything. Um, Really fascinating stuff. So I usually try and listen to that quite a lot. Um, But uh, it's nothing like doing it by yourself, right? (laughs) Um, It's nothing like, I guess, going for it. Actually, um, I mentioned I did it with a few other friends. And uh, I feel like we don't really put on personas. We just kind of like try and you know, go for the podcast, uh, with regular conversations we have for the most part, also catering to this little phone that's containing how many people are listening, you know, uh, did one with a buddy of mine. Um, his name is Drew. He does a podcast in SoundCloud. It's called the Firewalk podcast. Highly recommend it. Really intelligent guy, really smart guy, you know, um, none of since we were kids and we recently reconvened and just talked about, uh, Everything we used to talk to when we were kids, so that was kind of sick. Um, you know, everything from Godzilla to Star Wars to you name it. So I got to talk about that. We had our buddy Ted come on the second time, and uh, it was kind of cool. Three of us just kind of going at it, just talking. Going at it sounds questionable, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, so did that. That was cool. And Ted and I talked, and we we're like, you know, what? we should do a podcast too. That'd be cool. And we kind of uh, we started doing a bunch of different episodes at his place and, um, you know, trying to figure out which platform to release it on Spotify, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud. And obviously with money being an issue right now, I don't think any of us are looking to pay for a streaming service. Ted's fortunate where he's still in a job, but, uh, I'm actually out of work at the moment. Um, I'm looking for that unemployment by, uh, Trump and all that, but who knows, maybe the next month they're saying like, I don't know. At first I was, hurl, I was told like maybe April 22nd we'd all be back. But I think I heard the governor was talking about like um, at the end of May they're going to now start doing it. Which is totally wild. I don't think we've ever dealt with anything this severe, this crazy. Definitely not in my lifetime. And even people I've talked to who are like middle-aged and older, they can't recall anything like this. They said the closest thing was 9-11 as far as the hysteria. And that was... That was on the brink of war. I mean, that led us to a war obviously, but that was a whole different situation, obviously with the world trade centers collapsing and having planes crash there. And with this one, it's, it's weird. It's, it's like a, it's, it's a type of, um, enemy you can't quite see. Right. And even, I guess with the whole world trade center situation, people argue with who was really responsible with that. And that's an age old conspiracy. One of the more accepted conspiracies, but, um, With this, with this disease, it seems just as any other disease, you can't reason with it, you can't do anything except stay home and wash your hands and avoid people who are sick. And they're even saying now people, or they have been rather, um, people who are asymptomatic actually show, um, uh, statistics show that people who are asymptomatic can still spread it, which is the craziest thing like that defies all the logic we know of a lot of modern diseases and infections that we could just simply carry them on um, to this effect. There are diseases like that, but to the level of which it spreads is really kind of unheard of. A lot of people compared to SARS, but obviously this has already affected more people than SARS, already infected more people, already spread to more people. I think the last number I checked was that um, well over a million and a half cases in, in, the, in the world with the United States being almost a third of that, I think, mainly because of places like New York and, you know, the cities in New York and everything where everyone's just always around each other. And Connecticut's pretty up there too. A lot of local towns here have pretty decent numbers. Some even cities got a couple, like a thousand. Uh, And um, yeah, so we're just trying to figure that out. Uh, hope, Hope if anyone's listening to this, they stay safe, you know, as much as we can. I know it's been hard to self-quarantine and everything. Uh, on one hand, it's uh, really cool because while I've been home, I've been trying to take advantage and do different projects. You know, just organize my room, write. I'm also I should have mentioned this before. I'm kind of uh, an inspiring or a, a aspiring writer. I don't know what the right word was there. Trying to hopefully do something with it because uh, throughout my life, when I've been very bored. I've just kind of um, always thought of different stories and plot lines, maybe things I knew or things I didn't know. Kind of entertained myself, wherever it was, doctor's appointment, school, whatever, didn't help half the time because didn't do too well in school because my attention span's always been bad. Gotten better, but uh, <laughs> but that being said, uh, in the recent, you know, off and on throughout my life, I've always been into like poetry, writing, things like that. It's only been in the past like two years. I feel like I've really been pursuing it. Like, every day, for the most part, just trying to write, like, pages on pages on pages. And instead of just once every few years writing one poem. Now it's like, like I mentioned, like, every day I'm trying to just dedicate time to write. It's not always just written out stories. A lot of it's just concepts, ideas, thoughts, quotes of characters I'm thinking of, character descriptions, battles. Um, it's really fun. i got a couple different notebooks, a uh, bunch of different Google Doc documents, random sheets of paper, just things scattered everywhere. So I've tried to organize them over the years and really try and go back and edit them and make them uh, applicable. And, you know, I just got into, uh, I feel like I went on and that's a really big tangent about writing as opposed to the coronavirus, but we'll get back to coronavirus. Um, <laughs> what was it? Uh, with writing, it's, it's tricky because I've come to find that uh, the more I send it to people, on one hand, you want people to be honest. You want people to critique it. But then on one hand, you're also like, how much is what you're getting back good feedback? Because I think the best feedback is honest feedback. But then you think about who it's coming from. And whereas someone you're getting feedback from maybe not might be into the themes you're into. Maybe you had certain upbringings. So maybe you're kind of catering to certain themes. Me, me, for instance, I was never really uh, into that much of love stories. Like, I would enjoy love in stories, but I was never really drawn to that. And, uh, I don't know, maybe it was just because I was never really, it was only in like the recent years. I feel like I've gotten into relationships and this and that, so I can appreciate them more. But throughout my life, that hasn't been the story. It's usually been just, uh, focused on sci-fi and monsters and, uh, warfare and things like that has always been fun. So I've always focused on those themes and even, you know, when things go wrong and things go astray, Uh, experiences from like being bullied in the past when I was in middle school and high school to dealing with certain sensory issues to having uh, what's called night terrors. Um, I, I found writing a very important tool to kind of process certain things that have happened in the past. You could write a narrative on certain situations. You didn't have a narrative in the moment because you didn't expect certain things to happen and you didn't expect certain outcomes to happen. So you can go back and apply everything you know now and write a better narrative, and it almost makes you feel stronger knowing how you could have handled it, but now you're writing about it now, if, if that makes sense. Like, revisiting past trauma with more of a present understanding of it. So powerful. And uh, I've come to terms with certain situations too, where, I mentioned, I was bullied. Maybe certain circumstances, I was mean to somebody when we were way younger, and that applied later on in middle school. That same guy now was maybe way more muscular or have more friends and then started picking, you know, picking on me. Um, I came to terms with that, that those, those did happen. Uh, Situations like that. I think it's powerful to have those moments because we're not as, uh, we're not as victimized, we're not as much as victims as we should be, or we imagine we are half the time, even though it's easy to play that victim card to go, oh, woe is me. And uh, I certainly do. But there are certain uh, situations I've looked back on and said, you know what, maybe I was the maybe I was the perpetrator of my own life, my own story, but nonetheless, uh, writing, uh, really enjoy it. Hopefully I can get to the point where I'll feel more comfortable in sharing a lot more of my stories and writings. Um, right now I'm still in the baby steps of figuring out what I'm doing. And, uh, the biggest thing I have just been creating a lot of content for myself to enjoy and just editing and trying to be better about that. And again, I did mention I share with friends and trying to really figure out who I should take honest feedback from and who I should just say, okay, well, that's their opinion, but that shouldn't let that shouldn't influence my writing because at the end of the day, it is my writing and it's something I enjoy doing. So, um, hopefully I can get to that point. I know I have plenty to share, plenty of stories to write about, but, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see where this journey leads here. Um, I mentioned before, I guess, uh, we were talking about Corona and I kind of went up on this tangent with uh, the with writing and all that. Um, is this weird times. It's weird times. I do think, uh, I think on one hand we should be careful. Uh, I was just at the, I was just at Target the other day and I wore a face mask. Uh, and uh, you know, I was careful not to like, I guess, get too close to people and stuff like that but at the end of the day too you're still touching items other people touch so it gets a little tricky but trying to keep careful about washing my hands immediately when i walk in the house you know be extra precautious because you you don't want to spread it on other people that's the thing me being younger i know i i'll most likely definitely be fine but maybe the elderly person that i somehow came in contact with won't be and that's that's a sucky thing um Again, this disease really doesn't play by the rule book at all. (laughs) And when did they ever write? But, um, I mentioned before the statistics that over a million and a half were infected and the third was like the United States. I think the death rate was like, it just reached over a hundred thousand, which is crazy. Um, and the recovery rate is like just under, I might be exaggerating just under 400,000, something like that. I know it's above 350,000, um, so that's that's a positive thing. It's good to know that these numbers aren't way overblown with how many people are dying. If this mortality rate was way higher, this would be this would be so 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 much scarier. It is scary in the sense of why wow, this spreads easily and why wow, this is it's it's like a responsibility thing like hey, we could spread it on to others, but the death rate is really not all that imposing compared to like other diseases in the past. um you know there's uh and I I guess you could argue too that in the past maybe medical science and medical research wasn't quite to where it is now Um, but I also know that in this circumstance it's been documented that a lot of governments knew this about uh, knew the impact that this disease was going to have and uh, decided to easy for me to say decide to do nothing obviously I'm not in the government I don't know what they knew but um Is to the point where certain senators sold a lot of stock in other companies and people in power knew before a lot of us knew. And, um, you know, so it's, it's a little scary. You think about, like I was, I was reading about how China, they sort of knew about this obviously before anybody. And they were really trying to like kind of shut down information being spread. And, you know, you hear about people in China, um, you know, whistleblowers being punished and there was a famous video of this nurse in the very beginning i think this was what was it early january before anybody took this seriously and she was saying how china was lying about how bad this was and um i forget the extent but she was punished for that by china they really don't tend to like their whistleblowers that badly or uh, that that much they really uh they're not quite keen on that from what i've heard Um, granted, I don't think any government is really that proud of it. I'm sure the United States has probably had some, uh, its hand in dealing with, uh, you know, dealing with whistleblowers and all that, probably more quietly, probably more conspiracy-like, but, um, it's, it's a dangerous world, you know, maybe you don't want to, whoever it is, whether it's just like your weird neighbor or police officer or a government official, you don't want to upset the wrong person and have them just trying to make you disappear, I suppose, you know, kind of a little paranoid thought right there. But um, it'd be interesting to see how this goes after we get past this, because inevitably we will get past this. We have experienced far greater tragedies than this is imposing right now. Um, Swine flu in 2009. That was, I think, the last epidemic, but we weren't taking the precautions. We were now. It was able it didn't spread as easily and ultimately it did end. Um, 1918, it was the Spanish flu, um, which killed just an obscene amount of people. I don't know what the numbers was, but it was on the multi, multi millions. Um, obviously the biggest one, the black plague, uh, you know, now do I think that this disease could even impact us remotely like the Spanish flu or, um, the black plague? No, no, hundred percent not. Um, I think we're supposed to peak in May or soonish. I don't really know. But I think that... uh, And obviously, it'll take like a while before they can come up with a definitive cure. But I think that... uh, I think it's possible for them to uh, catch this before it becomes way, way, way overblown. It becomes a crazy situation like the Spanish flu, the Black Plague. And they had way less understanding of medical science back then as opposed to now. So we have a lot supporting us now um you know all politics aside i do think we're as a society as a govern, as a world better prepared for things like this and this is potentially a better preparation for something that could be a true epidemic imagine if this disease with its uh how easily it spreads combines with something like imagine a disease this level of spreading now take that spread rate and add it to something that has a high mortality rate, that would be true apocalyptic type thing. Like, you know, but uh, it's good preparation for that. So I think we'll get past this. And I'm really curious to see, will we, how will we get back to, um, how will we get back to adjusting normal society? Uh, I know there's been a lot of discrimination against uh, Chinese restaurants and Chinese people. So I wonder I, I shouldn't say I, I I don't support it. I understand it because the same thing happened in nine eleven right after uh, the World Trade Centers. There was a lot of discrimination towards people that appear to be that people thought were Muslim. And again, not condoning that, but I understand it because people tend to, when they're afraid, they tend to act irrationally um, and they tend to try and use a scapegoat. It's just time and time again in human history. So I wonder how that's going to happen, like how that's going to Play out well after this. Is it going to be a long histemic thing of just people hating Chinese people because of this? Um, will that be a long ongoing thing? Um, one thing I do think will change, and I think the doctor, uh, I I'm 100% gonna butcher his name, uh, Doctor F- Fushi, I think. Okay, I, I you know I don't even want to say it, Doctor F. I'll just call him Doctor F. Um, he was saying that after this. Shaking hands should no longer be a thing. And I thought that was interesting because I actually asked a few friends. I mentioned the podcast uh, we were doing. Once it gets on YouTube, it's called Weird Yeah. So it'd be in uh, friend Ted, and sometimes we have a few other friends on. Um, I was suspecting for a while that maybe that could be a potential change. I asked them, I said, you know, do you think that uh, shaking hands will be a thing of the past? Because obviously this is always a sign of respect and trust and business agreements and this and that. And they thought that wasn't going to change, uh, Ted and our friends. They were on the side of, no, it's so ingrained in culture. And I get that. You know, something ingrained in culture, even though it can temporarily change, who's to say it'll forever go away, right? But now this doctor's coming out and saying that should be a thing of the past. And I am i don't want to say I'm 100% on board. I, I do think shaking hands, like, again, I, I've always shaken hands before. Very rarely I wouldn't, even if I was... Even if I didn't 100% like the person who was offering a handshake, I just, it's just a good way of easing tension and just kind of making a respectable agreement on something and just making, you know, making the situation better than what it could have been. But if you think about how germs spread and a disease like this really illustrates it, shaking your hands is such a crazy easy way for harmful diseases to spread, so I get it. I get why the doctor's saying that and of course why we're taking precautions not to do it now. Um so I uh yeah, guess that'll be a thing of the past, you know, and that won't necessarily be bad if you think about it. Long term, I mean, probably could spread a lot of or could prevent the spread of a lot of harmful diseases. So that could help us as a society. Um maybe will result to will Uh, resort to like bowing or things like that which has always been kind of a it's been a respectable approach to greeting people you know so i mean i wouldn't be opposed to that i do that sometimes sometimes we we actually do like versions of that i feel like in america where it's just like instead of just full-on bows we just nod at people or just like you know you tilt your head up at somebody so it's something as simple as that i think it go a long way for preventing the spread of diseases and still being respectful and greeting others um I feel like the majority of this I'm just rant about corona but you know it's it's very pressing it's very interesting um especially with how each state deals with it uh you see states or you see you know whole countries shut down but the United States is so bizarre where we'll just shut down the states as opposed to the whole country and it's weird cuz like on one hand um On one hand, I get why certain states, New York obviously should shut down, or I get why New York shuts down, Connecticut, we're a neighbor to New York, a lot of people commute, I get it, we have a lot of cases, Uh, was it Mass or Jersey, I think shut down, or again, we're all like grouped up together, but obviously Jersey is like the capital for, what is it, warehouses, you know, like how many businesses out there, that use? how many businesses out there, majority of them probably are having warehouses out of New Jersey. Um, I know the majority of people I know, that's where they get their warehouses and that's where, you know, stuff's housed and everything. But the, the point is that certain states are shut down while others stay open. And it's interesting because, again, with other countries staying open or closing down instead of closing down respective parts, the United States as a whole is kind of like a weird... Uh, it's kind of a bizarre country in the sense where even though it is a country, technically, it is such a cluster of just um, different cultures in such a bizarre way. And, and culture is not not hitting on culture. But I mean, we've all seen, you know, for those in the States or those who've looked into it, um, if any you know, those listening, uh, each state has its own distinct culture in a lot of ways, its own distinct like rule set and things like that. You know, look at the difference between, let's say, Connecticut. That's probably more uh, left, like liberal, I'd say. Um, and look at, like, let's say Alabama. You know, like the very distinctive in a lot of ways. Um, or I don't know, take New York and compare them to. Uh, I I I can't even think of one. Like I'll just compare another southern state, like uh, Virginia or New York. You know what I mean? Like certain. Not not conflicting the North and the South too much, but I mean, I feel like there's a lot of states that have very distinctive and very, very much big differences. Um, it's funny too, all the states I just mentioned, I do like in different ways. That's not to hate on any state. It's just like each state has their own like way of going about things. And yet we all fly the same flag for the most part, unless um, aside from state flags and aside from, you know, any other type of flag you could fly. From don't tread on me to uh, your state flag to the Confederate flag to American flag. I'm just stating the basic American the, the American flag, the country flag. We all wave it and we all like fly underneath it, but yet yeah, we're all a bunch of different states with such different beliefs. And it's it's really interesting to see. So I think that ties into this too, where um, we're kinda we're kind of a bunch of countries in one in a way. And it's sad, but it's also a good point someone brought up today. It'd be interesting to see if one day the United States disbanded certain states out of the country. I don't really think that would work out too well. I imagine there would be a lot of, you know, issues and conflicts with that. I know Texas has tried to secede for years and they have a massive population. So when they were voting, I think it was like what it was it was just thousands on thousands on thousands voted yes. But then you look at the whole population and you're like, oh, that's like nothing compared to the whole population. So who knows? Uh, but if something this Corona does illustrate... that Just completely knocked my phone. Whereas I did that. Wow. Um, there's something that this Corona thing has really um, illustrated. It's the fact that, uh, you know as much as we're together um each country each government has their own way of dealing with things accordingly and uh it does kind of unite us as people in a way uh i feel like we we have different flags we have different methods of dealing with things but it kind of helps when you have a common enemy especially one that's like a disease that just has this kind of uh parasitic like view of i need to take over this uh this host for my own survival for my own uh you know to carry on my uh my way of life, I guess well viruses aren't technically living I guess um it's interesting, you know uh I'd be curious to see you know once they come up with a vaccine uh because we'll we'll see how far this gets we'll see how bad this gets again, I don't think it's gonna be like I imagine the next few months they'll probably get it way more under control. there'll obviously be a lot be a lot more cases and a lot more deaths, but I think like overall they will. But with the anti-vax movement, it'll be a little concerning to see how a lot of them deal with this. Because even though they're a very small group of people, it's a little bit of a harmful ideology, you know. I think any time that you promote the idea of self-harm, and I know self-harm usually categorizes people who are battling depression and some forms of mental illness and their way of coping... um, you know, is inflicting pain on themselves, but I'm gonna broaden that and say people that uh, people that promote just damaging themselves because that's that's pretty much what it is. Um, it's that's harmful and it's a shame because I I'm I'm for freedom of speech to to a certain extent, obviously. Um, I know there's there's always exceptions to things. I can't be like yes, freedom of speech, hundred percent. Like no, I can. I could sit down and think of a few examples. You always think of the examples: someone in a movie theater that goes that screams "fire," or what if you're in a like what if what if you're uh, walking on the street and some dude walks up to you and he's just like, "I'm gonna kill you," and I'm gonna come to your house and kill your kids, like you know things like that it shouldn't be allowed. You know, um, obviously it ties into a few other thing other crimes there, but my point being, freedom of speech has its roles and has its regulations and. Um, you know, freedom communication is great for sharing ideas and advancing the human race. And I truthfully feel like people that are against vaccinations and against like modern medicine to that degree are kind of a detraction from forward movement and from uh logical thinking people that will. Um, and I, I feel like that way of thinking is so just devoid of logic that it's only going to hurt our progress as a species. Um because at least with people like Flat Earth, right, Flat Earthers, they're hilarious. They're funny. <laughs> you know. I don't think I've ever heard of an argument that's more defutable and more destroyable than, the, than saying the Earth is flat and that there's this big, massive government ploy to convince us it's flat because there's just no way to base that in reality and it's completely just it's just nonsense what what does anyone have to gain out of that like oh they got us we, we thought it was a globe but it's actually a, a pancake like i don't i don't really entirely understand the whole role uh i might have to look back into that why they think the government is so invested in that but i feel like the government's more invested in shooting down let's say like civil rights leaders or like political activists than they would be releasing information about how our planet's a flat thing as opposed to a round thing i don't i don't you you know i mean like i don't really see the benefit but needless to say uh i think um i don't know this is this is very interesting so much as uh i love talking it's it's always easier when you're talking to another person and you kind of get the bounce back and forth so it's it's kind of interesting to just kind of Free think here, you know. Um, but I don't even know how long I'd really want to go on for doing this. I can do this all night, I suppose. <laughs> it's it's almost 11 o'clock now. Uh, but, you know, I think I'm going to try and uh, bang these out like once a week, just see where everything's at, just talk, you know, this and that. I mean, I'll be locked up in this quarantine thing for a while, so maybe I'll just bang it out like every once in a while like every day or something like that who knows but i think this is a good start i think this is a interesting take and you know we're talking about the coronavirus talking about the government conspiracies flat earthers um actually i you know before i wrap this up i should actually finish up my thought on uh Anti-vaxxers. I think it's fair to have your own ideas, concepts, thoughts, this and that. But again, I really just double down. I think that there's quite a lot to neglect and not appreciate about somebody that just goes, I took a vaccine once and it didn't work for me, therefore all vaccines are bad, and I'm gonna promote that idea. It's really harmful. And I'll give you an I'll give you an analogy for that. I think this really best explains why it's ridiculous to, you know, uh downplay the role of vaccines in life and just hate on them and all this and that so i'm a big fight fan big boxing fan mma fan uh wrestling jujitsu combat sports all together now what goes into that is obviously training and anything in life you need to train and that doesn't mean you're going to succeed that just means you're going to prepare yourself for the inevitable test of proving if you are going to be successful or not now let's say I just mentioned all these different combat sports, whatever it is, pick and choose, right? Let's say you're an up-and-coming MMA fighter and you're, you know, you got a win streak going on, you're doing really good and you have a chance at fight for the title. Now, the guy's a monster and you're like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to train. I'm going to train like I always have and everything will go great. And you train and you train and you just really go for it. And, you know, you show up the day of, you're feeling great, you're feeling strong. And you know what happens? You get knocked out in the first round. 10 seconds, boom. Now, that's bad. Don't get me wrong. That's Clearly, no one wants to get knocked out, let alone if this is like the fight of your life, right? But then to turn around, lose that fight and go, you know, I trained for this fight and it didn't work out for me. Therefore, all training is bad and nobody should train because it didn't work out for me. That's essentially the anti-vax argument in a nutshell. The idea that you're going inst- to put a small portion of a virus in your body to have it train antibodies to fight back against a disease or virus, whatever it ha- may be. And I, might, I don't know if I'm butchering any of the terminology here, but again, the idea that you're introducing a small port of, portion of a virus and it'll make your immune system aware of this existence and better prepared to fight the actual virus doesn't guarantee success it just guarantees that you did put an effort to potentially beat it you know nothing in life is a hundred percent you can only just do the best you can and sometimes stuff happens that shouldn't you know like you get a vaccine like you get the flu shot and you still get the flu uh, that that happens i'm sorry there's a lot of strains of the flu and maybe the strain maybe the flu you got the strain of the flu did get you sick that's unfortunate but maybe your immune system was weaker because maybe you're out of shape. Maybe you haven't been taking your vitamins. Maybe you haven't been eating healthy. I don't know. There's there's a lot of ways your immune system can get compromised before and after a vaccination. I'm no doctor. Okay. I'm not trying to give a diagnosis, but I think that um again, there's exceptions to everything. But just because there's an exception doesn't mean it out it uh doesn't mean that. The entirety of it is false. Doesn't mean the entirety of all these people that have successful, don't uh, successful, you know, vaccinations and go on to not be sick. Doesn't mean they're wrong. Doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them. And doesn't mean that your kids shouldn't get vaccinated because you looked it up on an article somewhere and it said that it's bad. You know, trust the medical professionals. Trust these people that go to medical school and really work day in day out to understand the human body better than we can ever comprehend. I barely understand half the terms I just mentioned, (laughs) but there are doctors that could talk, just talk our ears off about medical terminology and the way our body works and the way it doesn't. And I think that I would put my life in their hands. And I have before, you know, as these podcasts go on, I can go a lot more in depth about my, uh, my own history, medical, personal, psychologically, just everything. Um, you know, I've had experiences where I needed to be hospitalized. Did I trust in some Karen that read an article, thought she knew better than these medical professionals? No. I sat there and said, doctor, whatever your name is, nurse, whatever your name is, I trust you guys. You guys are here for a reason. That's that. My life is in your hands. You know? Have I had a bad diagnosis before? Yeah. Does that mean that medical science is a faulty failure of a of a way? No. Like, does does that mean that I should stop trusting medical professionals and just do research on my own? No. Should I do research on my own? Sure. Yeah. I I don't see why you shouldn't always try and learn things and just pursue knowledge. But I don't think this is the type of thing to really dispute. You're not going to find any, uh, you're not going to find any academic journals just pointing out the flaws and why vaccinations are bad. So again, I'd be really curious to see where uh, once this coronavirus gets wrapped up, I feel like a lot of these people and these anti-vaxxers, I really hope that they uh, they change their tune because, uh, you know, I, I find it safer where we're all on board of just let's all get vaccinated and fight this disease together rather than just John down the street doesn't believe in vaccinations and he's sick and maybe it still spreads, you know. Um, just my thought, but you know, trust your medical professionals. That's, that's the takeaway here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So just to kind of wrap this up, you know, uh, I think I'm going to try and keep this with the 30 to 40 minute mark. Maybe sometimes it will be longer. Maybe sometimes it won't. Who knows? Um, but I do enjoy this. I do enjoy putting this forward. Uh, so if you tune in, if you do, uh, if you tune in, tune out, appreciate it. Appreciate you stopping by and everything. Uh, My name's Eli, and this is the Free the Stone podcast. Go more in depth about my, uh, maybe about me next time. Instead of me just ranting, but uh, I do love to rant, so that should be good. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, thank you for uh, stopping by. Until next time.